We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're playing Factor Fiction on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Cabin. Curtis Patrick is back with us for this episode. Pumped to have him back. We are going to be playing a uh, pretty fun game here uh, called Factor Fiction. A little bit more looser of an episode than we normally have. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, Curtis, before we can even get into things, we got to stop here, man. We got a bit of a headline here. I don't know if you are aware, but Mr. Leonard Fournette is weighing upwards of 260 pounds right now. And members of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization are not happy about this. Man, I guess those those uh, those photos that were circulating on social from early June were not fakes after <laughs> all. Um, yeah, I mean, I know you played the breaking news um, drop there. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, the team not being happy with his weight, I, I guess all that really matters is, are they so unhappy with his weight that it would actually keep him off the field and um, lead to other backs getting the snaps? Yep. Um, or will it just mean, you know, maybe more of a rotation earlier in the year? Or will it mean that he is not going to participate much in camp <laughs> um, until until he gets the weight off? Um, it leads us into a bunch of really cool stuff for tonight's FFPC stat attack because there really is so much uh, to unpack with Tom Brady uh, and his usage of running backs and then also, you know, Fournette's recent history. So we'll focus on Fournette first. And this is from the road of his NFL stat explorer. He, he's five years into his career and he's been an RB1 every other year. But in the years where he wasn't an RB1, um, he you know, it, it was a bad situation. We had an injury season in, in his second year. And then in 2020, uh, it was all off the rails and he was a low end RB three um, at the end of the season. But as a rookie RB 10 year three RB seven. And of course last year, RB six, just funny going back and looking at the previous season. Sometimes, man, I, I knew he was involved, but he was RB three in targets. <laughs> and as you pointed out in our, in our uh, pre-show, 
uh, banter, 5.9 targets a game for it's Lenny. I mean, he wasn't, yeah, just, it's a lot of targets, man. And so, you know, it is news for a fantasy, uh, from a fantasy uh, perspective. Uh, it will definitely push him down the boards. Um, and it does make uh, Rashad White a little bit more interesting. Um, I, I think a, a lot of people had kind of said, you know, hey, I mean, Lenny's still here. And, you know, he was so effective last year. People are already kind of hedging him a little bit because if there was extreme confidence that he would, you know, repeat last season, he'd be, you know, going at the end of the first round. But instead, he's kind of going in that, he's, he's been hovering in that 2-3 turn uh, for the the majority of, of the offseason. He'll, he'll be, get pushed down now. But looking at Tom Brady's last five years of usage with running backs in the passing game, this is why White has to be more so on the radar. Besides just sharing a last name with an off-targeted running back from Tom Brady's past, James White, I'm looking at the AYA app, man. This is a great place to look at just like all the all the you know receivers who have been tar- targeted heavily uh, by a quarterback. So I'm I'm rewinding the clock five years, the last five years of Tom Brady's player usage. James White ranks second among all players in targets from Tom Brady in in the last five years, and he didn't he didn't play with Tom Brady either of the last two years, <laughs> right? Uh, it's crazy, man. Yep. So he had 288 targets in the in the you know the three years leading up to um, Brady exiting uh, New England. I mean, only Gronk has been targeted more often in the last five years by Brady than James White. And there's other backs on this list with greater than 50 targets as well. Rex Burkhead, 93 targets, hasn't played with Brady in a while. Uh, Ronald Jones, even 57 targets uh, from Brady, and then Lenny is on this list with 134 targets from Brady. Uh, and there are two seasons playing together. So it, it definitely matters. I mean, if White gets more run, he's going to get the type of opportunity that we love in fantasy. So you got to bump him up the boards. Uh, if you were going to be real pie in the sky, you could argue that he is potentially a better pick at ADP than Tony Pollard right now. Because, you know, all the reports about Zeke have been positive and all the reports about Lenny have been negative. And we're talking about the change of pace back and two really electric explosive offenses. So um, definitely want to drive this point home. Um, but, you know, if Lenny gets like 25 pounds off, you know, this, this could all be for nothing. Um, I'm going to wrap up the stat attack and then you can react after. Sure. So the, the, the FFPC stat attack is, of course, brought to you by myffpc.com. And we're in a transition, man. We've been talking about their best ball tournament all offseason, which is still open but it's time to start thinking about those entries to the main event, the, the premier uh, fantasy football contest in all of fantasy sports. And then also the football guys players championship, which also um, is a great contest uh, with their partnership with those guys over there. Um, the reminder for this episode is all teams that are fully paid for their main event slot by Monday, July 25th, will get the early draft slot notification, which is really good. Uh, for your live draft to know where you're going to be drafting, especially maybe you're you know traveling out uh, to Vegas. You wanted that information before you get out there. And if you enter a slow draft, you're going to get that draft position as soon as the draft is full. Um, as always, the live online main event drafts start, Dave, August 12th. So we got to start talking strategy, man. Can't wait to attack <clears throat> this thing again. It's, it's, it's my favorite thing uh, to do in fantasy from a redraft perspective every year. Check it out, myffpc.com. 
So as you had said, um, I am going to share just a couple of thoughts here on white. Um, you know, one of the first things that we'll do to kind of refresh in looking at a prospect is pop into the Rotoviz prospect box score scout. I have entered in white's draft pick of 91, a weight of 214 and a 40 of 448 and pulled up the SIM tab where we are going to find players that based upon the way we um, look for similar players, you get this nice match. Um, And Rashad White, his closest match is a player that's going to be kind of interesting here in light of what you had mentioned with the possibility of him being this James White type of player. Giovanni Bernard is his closest matchup. Uh, You also see on this list, Dion Lewis, who, if uh, we all remember, had a had a pretty nice season or two in New England playing with Brady. Now, of course, things are not going to be exactly one for one like they were in New England. But the other thing that you can like about White is he has the receiving skills. He's still a pretty big player, 72 inches, 214 pounds. So, you know, he can also carry some rushing workload. We saw him uh, in 2021 at Arizona State put up 15 rushing touchdowns. Curtis had a running back dominator of 0.82 and 43 receptions. So there's definitely some teeth here to the idea that White could be successful if he is given a chance to get involved, which we had people making the claim that he could be even before any of this Leonard Fournette news came out, which I am going to downplay a little bit. I think we generally find all of these weight stories to, you know, not be as uh, significant. Of course, the jump to 260, if he doesn't get any off, would probably be pretty significant. (laughs) I mean, the problem with the jump to 260 is we jumped right past 240 and 250. So, (laughs) you know, this this isn't Rashad Penny coming in at, you know, 230 plus. After his rookie year, you know, we, we skipped a couple uh, uh, rungs in the ladder there. You know, I I said it in the, in the stat attack, you know, even just list, listening to you list out um, the physical, you know, attributes and measurements, you know, at least at this point, I think that, you know, going back to an old Rotoviz terminology, yep. Rashad White, I think we could say is arbitrage. Yep. Tony Pollard. Yep. Uh, going into at at this point you know, and in the absence of additional information. Um, so, you know, do with that what you will. Uh, certainly makes this next week's worth of draft uh, pretty interesting. All right. So that brings us to the main section of today's episode, Curtis, which is factor fiction. So this is going to be a little bit more fun. Your answers don't need to be quite as rooted in hardcore facts as they sometimes would be on this show. I want to get somewhat of your gut feel here. What we're doing is I'm going to read off to you, Curtis, a list of statements. We're going to pretend that the 2022 season is in the rear view. We're heading into 2023. And you're going to tell me if at that point in time, these statements are fact or fiction. Do you understand the assignment? I do, but just with a caveat, I, I mean, Sean is going to hate this episode. A gut, <laughs> a gut feel episode. Sean, just turn it off, man. Put in your earplugs. Um, we're shooting from the hip here today. All right. <laughs> with that out of the way, Drake London goes for more than 800 yards and scores more than five touchdowns. Mm. 
I mean, I, my, my gut is that's not going to, ha- I don't think he can do both. Um, if you'd give me one or the other, like just the 800 yards or just the five touchdowns, I'd feel better. But um, I, I, Atlanta could really be a dumpster fire. Uh, I know there's a lot of opportunity, but um, you know, as we talked about earlier this off season, we're not so sure he'll even be the number two target getter on the team. Uh, I mean, we expect that Pitts will lead the team and potentially uh, Cordero Patterson um, could, could end up second there. We've also got Brian Edwards. Um, I think it's going to come down to how, how good actually is London. He's going to have to earn those targets and how good is Marcus Mariota? I mean, it's been a while since he's had to really do much. I'll take the, the under uh, given all that context. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I, I definitely think that this one here is going to be fiction. I could see him getting above the 800 yards. Um, I think the tougher piece for him is going to be going for more. That was how I worded it, right? Um, scores more, more than, than 800 five, yards, more than more five, than five touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. Both yeah. things seem very unlikely. I think that the chances of doing the 800 yards is certainly there. But getting to six touchdowns, I think, mm-hmm. would be a pretty tough challenge for him. I think that that type of line... He could do, but that would have to be in a season where everything goes absolutely perfect for him. Yeah, just uh, for comparison purposes to comparing it to some rookies from 2021, you know, Devontae Smith entered into a similar situation. You know, there's a lot of opportunity uh, there in Philly. You know, the tight end was the entrenched target. Um, and, you know, that maybe there was some quarterback. There weren't quarterback questions from us. Yep. Too specifically. <laughs> we liked Jalen Hurts, but many people questions about Jalen Hurts. Um, and, you know, Devontae Smith turns in a line of 104 targets, 64 receptions. He did crest the 800 yard mark at 916 yards, but comes in at five touchdowns there. And, you know, Devontae Smith was, you know, generally regarded as having, a, you know, a great rookie season um, and, and still failed to crest both of those marks. So, um, yeah, I, Uh, that just even looking at that makes me feel even more confident in saying the unders there. Yeah. And a really interesting note on this, that you picked Devonta Smith because that line matches up pretty nicely with what I have projected for him. And it's interesting because in my projections, he comes out as wide receiver 42. And sure enough, we see Smith last year with what he was able to able to achieve coming in at wide receiver 42. So I think the larger takeaway here is that London could be one of those trap players where you're thinking about what that role in that offense should look like. But the reality is that even though it seems like an attractive role, it, the numbers, when you put them behind what it's actually going to look like, just don't support the tremendous upside. I think that people might see. Yeah. Absent elite quarterback play. It's just going to be hard for him to get the type of efficiency we'd want to see, you know, you know, opportunity uh, is, is the first piece, but you know, we got, we got to have the the efficiency. Uh, This I'm already liking this game. So what do we, what do we have next? So we have Garrett Wilson scores more than 15 points in four or more games. So the threshold here to, for it to be fact is he just Mm. needs to put up 15, four, 15 point performances uh i will share this devonta smith last year got to three um oh boy <laughs> yeah right and we talked about him having a pretty decent yeah. rookie season so uh you know that that four 15 point game is actually you know a pretty solid uh achievement for a rookie wide receiver Kadarius tony yeah. 
I'll toss out as well, just to give a proxy what he was able to do. Only had one game over 15. Of course, he really only yeah, had, he had like one 90 really points. Game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, I might have to, t- I don't think that I have a gut feel. I got to talk myself through the Jets offense here a little bit. So Elijah Moore, I'm in the NFL stat explorer. Elijah Moore had, yep. Uh, three such games last year. Of course, he missed, um, you know, he did miss a couple games and he had a, a few games where he posted near zeros, uh, but he did erupt for 27, 29, and 20 uh, in, in three games in the middle of the season. Um, you know, I do expect Elijah Moore to take a step forward. I expect Zach Wilson to take a step forward, but I also expect, um, you know, the Jets to have more success in the running game with Brees Hall this season uh, than they did last year. Man, four games. So, the saying yes here hypothesizes that Garrett Wilson is as good or better already than Elijah Moore at earning targets. Um, and then what he does with them afterward than Elijah Moore is the is the line for, he just has to get to, am four. I saying above four? He's just he got to get to four. four. Can I share one more important, important tidbit from last year before you please do. This. I'm struggling here. Yeah. Jalen Waddle who finished as the wide receiver, 14 in PPR per game only recorded four games as a wide receiver one. So he played 16 games. So 25% of the time he was a wide receiver one. And really the reason that I bring this question up or what I thought it was interesting here was how difficult it Mm -hmm. is to get to four games over 15. Just so as people start thinking about what they're actually getting from some of these players, what that might look like. Yeah, so uh, that's another good data point. Jalen Waddle did um, score more than 15 points a, a, a bunch of times, though. Uh, week one, week three, week six, week seven, week nine, 11, 12, 13, 16. I mean, he did a, a lot of time. He actually averaged more than 15. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, I kind of flipped that there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, the, the wide receiver uh, one week, you are absolutely correct. Yep. Um, but it, the, the cresting the 15 was done uh, with pretty great frequency. The difference is Waddle was able to pretty much assert himself as the, you know, the, the alpha uh, target getter there in Miami. I think it, you know, we're trying to compare the situation, like what would Wallow have done if, if Tyree kill had already been there? Cause that's kind of what Garrett Wilson's walking into with Elijah Moore already in town, man, thinking about all of this. I, I mean, I think Garrett Wilson is as good as Waddle um, from a prospect perspective for sure. I just think with Brees Hall there, that's better than anything the Dolphins had at, at running back last season. And and Elijah Moore is a bit of a barrier. Hmm. So you know what? I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say he does it. I'm gonna say he does it. Nice. But but I think there's gonna be I, I think what will happen is there's gonna be some Garrett Wilson weeks that are big and some Elijah Moore weeks that are big. Yeah, and I have um, to correct so myself. I'll, I'll give him those games. Yeah. I realize I made a mistake. So Devonta Smith went had six games over fifteen. Yeah, I I'm gonna give it to Wilson here. Uh, but I, I do have concerns about the week to week consistency while the jets are figuring it out, particularly in the half, the first half of the year. So we all know I've been a big fan of Garrett Wilson coming in. I was not a huge fan of the landing spot in New York, but you know what? Taking a step back, looked at this a little bit more. Curtis, I am saying that Garrett Wilson does it. Okay. That's, that's two thumbs. That's four thumbs up. We're both saying it's going to happen. So Garrett Wilson, four or more 15 point games. You heard it here. All right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. With Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. A player that you and I have drafted a lot of on the mutual teams that we have. And uh, in the million drafts that I have going on right now, I've probably drafted this player about eight times just today. Chase Edmonds going at 33 and underdog ADP. Easy selection at 33. At the end of the season, do we see him beating RB24? Is that fact or fiction? Oh, that's a fact. That's a fact. I, I, yeah, de- that's definitely a fact. I am 30, I'm 34% Chase Edmonds on underdog right now on 115 plus drafts. I mean, I'm definitely in agreement there. Okay. I have a feeling it would be. Let's push that up. Mm. What about RB? Let's go with 15. Is he RB15 oh. or better? Oh, boy. Um, you got RB Sony 15? Michelle there. You got Raheem Mostert. You know, can he get to RB15? I mean, I, I mean those are like, <laughs> I feel like we could, yeah. I mean, there's other guys on lots of teams. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I feel like you're just reading the depth chart. Yeah. Those guys aren't good. Um, man, 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 man. Okay, so what I'm going to do. Um, for 15. Okay. I went with my gut. I told you yes on RB 24. Yep. What I'm going to do for RB 15. I just need to jump into the road of his fantasy points summary real quick. Correct. I want to see exactly where that line was, uh, each of the last two years before, (laughs) before I get more bold, um, with this prediction. Uh, okay. So in, in 2021, uh, RB 15, was Javante Williams with 198.5 PPR points. Um, He played in 16 games and averaged 12.4 PPR per game. Um, He only rushed for 100 or 850 yards. He had seven touchdowns, 51 receptions, 298 receiving yards. Okay. I would expect 
Edmonds to go over that on receiving. I think the key question is by by how much. Mm-hmm. He had 52 receptions for 311 yards last year, actually almost identical um, to what Javante Williams put up um, in Denver. Only 116 carries. I think he's going to get more than 116 carries this year after what uh, Miami did, you know, paying them to be their RB1. I don't think I can get all the way to RB15. I just don't think the touchdowns will be there. I think that's going to be the problem. I think you have Tyreek Hill, big plays, Jalen Waddle, big plays, Mike Kosicki, big plays, and those those close carries inside the five. I, you know, I like that LA does this with Austin Eckler and lets him stay in. I don't think Miami's going to do that in that power run scheme. Um, I, I think those are the carries, unfortunately, that that would go uh, to Sony Michelle or Raheem Mostert. So I'll say under RB fifteen, but healthily clear of RB twenty four. Right. I think to get to RB fifteen, he probably needs a situation where he's getting either up to like eight rushing touchdowns, or if he doesn't get to there, maybe six rushing touchdowns and more than a hundred targets, which, which could be difficult to get to. But really the reason that I pose this question is because right now we see Chase Edmonds, as I said, going RB 33 and we're having a discussion where we're on the fence thinking about if we can make Mm -hmm. a case to get him over RB 15, that's generally a good sign that this is a player you should consider going after. So where he could get close to RB 15, just looking at the, the, uh, the outputs from last season. Yep. Um, now, given this was only in 12 games, but the fragility of running back still allowed this player to finish at RB17, and that's DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift had 58 receptions for 434 yards and two touchdowns, um, and he rushed for 587 yards and four touchdowns. I feel like that's a, an achievable. That's an achievable line for Edmonds uh, in Miami. Uh, what would affect this is the, you know, in uh, relative to the other running backs in fantasy, how many games are those guys all playing? So um, e- even with what Swift did there, he still fell short of the mark. So, man, that's, that's a really good one. Um, draft Chase Edmonds until his ADP rises. <laughs> all right. So this one's kind of more for fun because when I did my initial projections, Curtis, one of the pieces of feedback that I got from multiple people was, oh, my Lord, Mike Evans is absolutely smashing. And I did scale things back a little bit, but I remember you of all people being more on board with that initial projection than most. So here's what I pose to you. Is it fact or fiction as we head into 2023 that Mike Evans posted more than 1000 yards and more than 10 touchdowns in 2022? Now people (laughs) go ahead. Yep. Well, what, what was your what was your initial project, projection? It's been a while since that episode. I can't remember. Yeah, so it was. I, I initially had him going for I want to say it was like eleven touchdowns and, and easily smashing the thousand yards. So now that things are I mean, scaled back, he's he's easily above the thousand yards, which I think, given what we've seen him do in his career, doesn't really come as a surprise. But ends up with nine touchdowns. Now, last year he did have fourteen, um, had thirteen the year before that. So. This really isn't that crazy of a question. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we don't we don't have Gronk and potentially don't have we don't have Gronk, we don't have Antonio Brown, and we we potentially will have you know, a limited number of games from Chris Godwin, at least a reduced number of games. I mean, Mike Evans has posted a thousand or more receiving yards in all eight of his NFL seasons. I mean, that feels like a lock. Um, 
And he, in half of those seasons, he has posted 12 or more touchdowns. I feel good about it. I, I mean, I feel really good about it. I know that teams can key in on him, but I feel like that line's low. I feel like, you know, you should have said 1,212, and then maybe I, I would have had a mental cramp on that. But um, 1,010, yeah, I think he cruises past those. Yeah, and I think that um, after having spent a long time considering the way this Tampa... Wow, we're talking a lot of Tampa Bay tonight. Don't worry, Curtis. My video is frozen, <laughs> but my audio is still recording. Um, what I was going to say was that I have stuck, though I did scale back the projection for projection reasons. He still comes in at the wide receiver eight. I feel pretty darn good about Mike Evans this year. Um, and I'm excited. I've been drafting a lot of him um, on my best ball teams and pairing him with Brady. So I think we're in agreement there. At the very least, the takeaway here is that, um, you know, I think we're going to get at least one more really solid season out of Mike Evans. Now, I talked in the podcast that I recorded last night a little bit about Matt Ryan in the Indianapolis Colts. We've both been a little bit critical of him just in terms of Matt Ryan not being this major change in comparison to Carson Wentz. Um, his touchdown totals, I want to read off here quickly. Uh, you had Matt Ryan last year passing for 20 touchdowns in 17 games. Uh, was at 26 in 2019 and 2020. Actually, at 26 in 15 games in 2019. Uh, you know, he has had a 35 touchdown season back in 2018, but what I'm posing to you, Curtis, Matt Ryan passes for a total of 28 or more touchdowns in 2022. Is that fact or fiction? Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's fiction, man. Um, can I tell you one thing though? Yeah, can I tell I, you one thing? Last sure. year, Carson Wentz in Indianapolis threw 27, 27. which is why 27. this question has been posed. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like I know Carson Wentz has not really endeared himself to fan bases or NFL locker rooms, um, but I feel like at this point in their careers, I mean, they're at worst equivalent, and Carson Wentz um, is is probably better um, than than Matt Ryan. Um you know, I think that some of the hurdles that Matt Ryan would have to getting to those numbers, um, his downfield um, abilities versus Carson. I mean, Carson Wentz um, was actually pretty decent down the field last year. I don't know that Matt Ryan will be able to match up with that. And I don't know that the, the Colts have people that are going to add a lot after the catch for Ryan to maybe help him steal an extra passing touchdown, you know, every third game, uh, which is what I think he would probably need in order to, to turn in, you know, this type of line. Now, if Paris Campbell were healthy and, you know, Mo Ali Cox would turn into to more of a, a useful weapon instead of just a red zone presence. Um, I mean, you know, Jonathan Taylor gets more involved in the screen game. You know, I think there's some things that could maybe in combination help him get there. But just looking at Matt Ryan, you know, he hasn't actually done this very many times in his career. Uh, even when he was in Atlanta with with really, when you look at his career, the collection of receivers and tight ends that he's had has been pretty solid. I mean, he had Hall of Famer Tony Gonzalez. He had uh, Roddy White, borderline Hall of Famer. Julio Jones, surefire Hall of Famer. And Calvin Ridley, obviously, who's been, uh, until his recent uh, issues when he was on the field, he was, was very good. 
just looking back down, despite all of these options that he's had to, to exceed 28 passing touchdowns. He only did that four times out of his four, eight, 12, 14 seasons. And I think, I think the weapons he's got in Indy are inferior to, to many of those peak seasons in Atlanta. So I don't know. It the gut feel and the and the follow-up analysis both lead me to know here. Where are you at, though? So here's actually something interesting that I could say. Matt Ryan last year actually threw 46 passes that went uh, 20 or more yards, had a completion percent of 47.8, which was pretty competitive, and actually had the fourth highest catchable percentage on passes beyond that distance. Carson Wentz numbers were actually pretty good as well. I am going to say, though, however, that with the way I would expect this offense to operate um, in terms of touchdown scoring, you're going to have a very significant portion of this team's total touchdowns coming via the ground that we do not see Matt Ryan get to 28. I'd be pretty shocked if he did it. Now, the reason, though, that I wanted to kind of infuse this question a little bit is I talked about Michael Pittman last night, and when I was first talking about that situation there, I was expecting to be talking in a manner that was less optimistic than for Pittman than I really was. And since spending some more time there, I actually have come back around to the idea that this 26% target share around there that he could see could be enough for him to flirt with being a wide receiver one where I've seen people drafting him currently in best ball leagues. So though we've kind of hit negatively upon Matt Ryan, I'm starting to feel more comfortable with Michael Pittman at his current ADP. Yeah, I'll put, I'll push back there okay. uh, less than I would on, than I would on, on Ryan. Um, I just, I think the exercises where we've talked about Michael Pittman is what is really like his dynasty upside. Yeah. Uh, can he, can he, you know, take that big tier jump? Um, I just don't see him, you know, he, I, I think his, his ceiling is like, uh, maybe what Mike Evans has been, has been doing. If he were in the absolute, uh, right offense with an elite quarterback, we could view him differently, but he's not going to be this player that's going to have. 1500 plus, you know, receiving yards and 130 receptions. It's just not what he is. Got it. Um, so uh, I so don't know, back end wide right. receiver one or high end wide receiver two. Yeah, it's, that's fine. But yep. I don't think he's going to be posting, you know, 12 to 14 touchdowns, which is probably what he, he would have to be good enough to do that for Ryan to flirt with this number, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a great answer, and it kind of ties back. That's right. We had been talking more so about Pittman in that dynasty perspective, so maybe you don't need to be as harsh on him uh, if you're a fantasy manager this year in redraft. All right, Curtis, moving along. This is our last factor fiction of the evening. I find this one pretty interesting. Irv Smith has an ADP of tight end 11 on underdog right now. Factor fiction, he finishes ahead of this ADP. I mean, uh, yeah, the, uh, the easy gut reaction is um, fiction there just Complete because it's a, t- yep. it's a total cluster in this area, the tight end position um, ADP in fantasy every year. Uh, he does have the injury recovery uh, and an offensive transition, um, both maybe working against him a little bit, whereas, um, you know, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, and even at this point, KJ Osborne um, have more familiarity with Kirk Cousins um, and what we expect to, to be more of a three wide a- attack um, with 
uh, Coach O'Connell there. So, yeah, I'll take the under. The other thing, the other reason to take uh, the under there, you know, some of the players that are going after Irv Smith are players that that we really like yep. uh, to have some upside. You know, so I'll go right there to tight end 12 and Pat Fryermuth. Excellent uh, rookie season there. Uh, uh, things a little bit unsettled in Pittsburgh, and we, ex- we expect them to have improved quarterback play, even with the question marks about who will get the majority of the snaps. I mean, Roethlisberger was a, a, a very much, you know, bottom of the dresser drawer option amongst all uh, quarterbacks last season. Cole Komet uh, at tight end 13, player that we've both talked about a lot, player we're both pretty exposed to there. Uh, and we know that he is going to be the number two target getter in Chicago. Um, it's hard for us to even argue that Irv Smith will be the number three target getter in Minnesota, or perhaps number four. Mike Gesicki, uh, he's already posted finishes like this, although he does have more target competition. Al- Albert Okoye Boonham with Russell Wilson, um, Hunter Henry and the touchdown scoring threat that he is, a healthy Robert Tunyon and a depleted uh, uh, Green Bay, Bay Packers. Yep. Uh, attack Gerald Everett now with the best quarterback situation um, perhaps that he's had Uh, Noah Fant even um, and you know going over to Seattle and and the changes they're making their offense Evan Ingram with the career resurgence and and Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville Uh, Hayden Hurst in Cincinnati there's just so many (laughs) players that that I I think I mean I think you know the follow-up you know you push me up the board on Chase Edmonds it's like you know, how do far I, down do we push? What, Irv what Smith? I, what I, yeah. What, what I take Irv Smith at tight end 18 is like, it'd be hard to like come up with a number where I would say, yeah, he'll finish above that. Cause there's just so many players that ultimately just don't have to do very much to finish ahead of that tight end ranking. Yeah. I, I really don't get this ADP. And then even from the perspective of building out a roster and thinking about a tight end going and selecting Irv Smith, outside of being a type of manager that's going to have, you know, many, many teams, I don't think it makes much sense because really your baseline expectation for Smith isn't going to be that much different from any of those guys around him. And it's very hard to find scenarios where he has the ability that would be expect or not that he has the ability, but just that the opportunity is going to be there and he doesn't have that high end range of outcomes. That's going to, you know, allow him to propel heavily past that tight end, excuse me, past that tight end 11, where I think for some of these other guys, it's much easier, easier to foresee, you know, a wider range of a distribution where they're going to beat that type of ADP and yeah. you're getting these guys, yeah. maybe two whole rounds later, some of them. So kind of a referendum there on Irv Smith so, Curtis, this has been a fun game of Factor Fiction. Any closing words for us on this Wednesday? I have not asked you to do this for us in a long time, but you're not. Man. this is going to be your one visit here this week. <laughs> As a result of that, I'm putting you on the spot. Give us some inspiration. Get us pumped up oh. for the season. Do something here. Oh, man. Um, okay, well... If you haven't been drafting this year, I mean, it's time, it's time to get in gear. It's time to start joining on whatever your uh, favorite platform is. We talked a couple weeks ago about being excited, the Scott Fishbowl kicking off. And now I'm already seeing some of those drafts finishing up. I think my league is only about half done. But, I mean, the season's here. Like, the season is here. And you've been consuming content. You've been pouring over your own rankings. You've been taking in all the analysis. And now it's time to execute. You got to get some skin in the game. So if you haven't been playing, you know, whatever platform you're talking about, you know, we like to promote FFPC and Underdog, the great partners. There's other platforms out there that you can play on. 
get some skin in the game, get some practice, even if it's just, you know, cheap 12 man leagues, you don't have to be entering the high dollar tournaments, get some reps in because when it's time for your money leagues, you got to be ready to perform And a mock draft is just not going to do it. There are so many options out there for a buck, three bucks, five bucks where you can get it done. So I'm going to, that's the challenge. I mean, I don't want to come back here next week to an empty inbox or just like basic questions about, Hey, what do you think about roster construction this season? We've been talking about this. I mean, all off season, we've been talking about player targets. All the big road of his articles are coming out soon. I mean, I already saw Sean, he's doing like precursor to zero RB list articles. Now it's like <laughs> potential explosive running backs, you know, right on our front page right now. Like this is the time. So get some skin in the game, go play and uh, get the, get those real, real game reps in. And I mean, we're going to take this down. We're going to take these mothers down either, either Dave or me or somebody listening is bringing home some big Jack in 2022, but you're only going to be able to do it if you show up ready to play. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.